This is an ABC podcast. ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off the Field. The sporting spirit of the Pacific. Come to Maori and welcome to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. My name is Bobby McCumber, a stand-up comedian and sports commentator of Ikiruvas Descent. Now, each week I'll be joined by two co-hosts from across the Pacific. We're going to be sharing the latest local sports news on the ground and in the islands. And my first co-host is a producer and presenter for Fiji TV, as well as a broadcaster for the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation, Asinate Waninkolo. Bula Asinate! Bula Vinaka, Bobby, um, thank you very much um, for allowing me onto the show this morning. It's uh, wonderful to hear from you. Not a problem. Uh, and I have one of the founding editors and director of the Island Sun newspaper in the Solomon Islands, Priestley Habrew, joining me here in the studio in Adelaide. Hello, Priestley. Hello, Bobby. <laughs> Good to have you in here in the studio. Asinate, I have to ask you, the Flying Fijis have almost two weeks between their last game and their next game in the Rugby World Cup. Do you think this will slow down their momentum after such an historic win over the Wallabies? (laughs) That's a very good uh, question. But, um, you know, that's been an issue that um, um, Fiji has raised over the years, um, not having enough rest time in between matches. That's always been a problem for Fiji. Uh, in previous years, but uh, fortunately um, this year um, we've been given time within matches uh, and I guess with the two weeks um, off, of course, it's a well-deserved rest, uh, but I hope it doesn't slow down the momentum for them. I'm, I'm sure they're very uh, focused and they're hoping for a quarterfinal place at the Rugby World Cup. And I'm sure we'll touch on it a little bit later, but there certainly was a bit of hype in Fiji after the win. People were celebrating at 6am in the morning on the streets. Absolutely. There was wild celebrations here in Fiji, as you know. Um, People here in Fiji, you know, just rugby fanatics. And um, to get that win, the first ever win over Australia at the Rugby World Cup and also in 69 years of their history, is, is, was just a wonderful celebration. We were jumping around, um, you know, banging on the walls, running around and, you know, just shouting like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that happening this weekend in Australia as well because we do have AFL Grand Final on Saturday, NRL Grand Finals on uh, Sunday, NRL and NRLW as well. Priestley, uh, now, as one of the founding editors and director of the Island Sun newspaper in the Solomons, do you still jump online and read to keep up to date with what's happening in the Solomons? Yes, definitely. So uh, I used to just uh, go online and then uh, read news that, uh, especially regarding sports, uh, in all the you know social media platforms that they have. And yeah, so I'm just keeping uh, updated with uh, sports back home. As one of the founding editors, do you look at? Are you critical at all when you're looking at the way that they're, I guess, reporting or writing? Uh, do you always have that editor's cap on, or you can relax and read the sports news? Uh, for now, I just relax and read, and yeah, although I have some things to say, but I'm just staying away from that and concentrating on my studies at the moment. So yeah, just reading from afar, I guess. 
Well, congratulations on uh, on being one of the founding editors and the director of that newspaper in the Solomon Islands. Now, Asinata and Priestley will cover sports in both Fiji and the Solomons. We're going to be talking about the NRL and NRLW Grand Finals. The Rugby World Cup continues in France. Uh, and we'll find out exactly how much Fiji's win over the Wallabies meant for Fiji Rugby Union. Uh, we'll hear about sports across the entire Pacific region as well. And you'll find out, my favourite part who the best liar is out of Asinate, myself and Priestley when we play our final game at the end of the show as well. Fresh off the field. The Sporting Pulse of the Pacific. ABC Radio Australia. Each week, my co-hosts and I will do some serious reporting on sports from across the Pacific. But before we get into that, we'd like to have a little bit of fun. Coconut Wireless. Here we go again, the Coconut Wireless. We love it. It's where we discuss all the sports gossip in your country. It's not fact. It can't be backed up. You may have heard it down at the Milk Bar. You may have heard it at Bingo. Wherever you heard it, we want to hear about it. It's sports gossip and rumours happening around sport in your country. Asinate, I'm sure there's a lot going around in Fiji because there's just so much sport happening. What have you heard on the Coconut Wireless? I have a couple of things that I've heard on the Coconut Wireless. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hearing that uh, the Melbourne Storm could be playing matches in Fiji next year. And there's also a lookout for more Fijian girls to be part of the NRLW next year. And, of course, with Fiji's um, recent um, sterling performances at the Rugby World Cup, I'm hearing that they could also be included in the Rugby Championship um, ah. uh, in the near future. Now, when you say the uh, Melbourne Storm are looking at coming over, have you had any full NRLW teams come to uh, to Fiji before for any promotional games or anything like that? Not yet, um, Bobby. We haven't had uh, teams, but we had two uh, um, star players from uh, Fiji that were part of the Fijian draw that won uh, um, the um, Super W competition there in Australia. Two of them have recently signed with the Cowboys, uh, Mere Rokoono, as well as um, um, the uh, winger, of course, is very famous, Nakora, Nakore, uh, rather. And, um, you know, they're signing with the, the two, uh, with the Cowboys and the NRL. Uh, w has really sparked a lot of interest with uh, the local girls here. Mm, I mean, rugby's already going to be, it's already huge in Fiji and throughout the Pacific. Does seeing NRLW players and those competitions, has that somehow boosted numbers? I imagine the numbers are big anyway, but boosted numbers for girls in Fiji who want to play rugby? Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, there's just been a surge in interest with uh, not only, um, in particular, rugby league. Um, I've been fortunate to be part of the the competition this year and um, you know just seeing the numbers a lot of the rugby union players as well have been coming across to play league um, transitioning uh, to league and so it's it's an interesting trend that's happening Mm. here as well in Fiji but uh, as far as women's sport in 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 rugby league as well as in, in in union the interest has been you know has really skyrocketed um with the recent performances of our national teams when you say you've had your involvement with league, what's your involvement exactly? I've, I've actually been calling the games uh, ah. this 
uh, season. I just wrapped up about two, three weeks ago. Um, the, uh, the local competition here, which is the Vodafone Cup Super 8, um, that's for the men's competition. Um, that was won by the uh, Saru Dragons, a team from Lotoka in the West. Um, they beat the Nandera Panthers, who are the defending champions from last year. Um, that was a really close match. It went down to the wire. Uh, but um, interesting, you know, Saru Dragons, they remained unbeaten throughout the competition this year. Um, and then in the women's competition, it was um, uh, the ladies from USP, um, a, a new a, a club that has a lot of young um, young girls playing. And um, they sort of upset the police sharks who were unbeaten throughout the season in the finals. Um, and they won that um, about three weeks ago when we wrapped up the uh, local rugby league competition. Yeah, oh, well, that's wonderful to hear. I'd love to see more women that are commentating uh, sports all across the Pacific. So congratulations on that gig, and hopefully we can hear more of that in the future. Thanks, Asinate. Thank you. Uh, Priestley, now you're not in the Solomons, but you are a Solomon Islander, and no doubt you've got friends and family on the ground talking about mm. what's happening on the Coconut Wireless. What can you tell us? Uh, thank you, Bobby. Yeah, so there's so much uh, on the Coconut Wireless at the moment. If you go online, and as Solomon Islands is currently preparing for the upcoming Pacific Games as of uh, the 19th of November, there are a lot of uh, gossips and rumors on the ground as well, so much so that uh, yesterday there, there was uh, uh, the, the social media was flooded with uh, news uh, of uh, the local uh, organizing committee awarded $6.4 million to a barbershop for the supply of toilet paper towards the two weeks Pacific Games. <laughs> <laughs> so expect. You know, athletes who are going to the Solomons uh, expect that you'll be, you know, fully provided with toilet papers on the ground because <laughs> this has been a very, uh, you know, why so much money been poured into a supply yeah. to supply toilet paper. So I guess uh, the rationale behind it was that it's not only the athletes, but also the people coming to watch as well. So, but yeah, yeah the people were complaining about why so much money going into just for toilet papers during the Pacific <laughs> Games. I tell you what, that's a very funny one. And, you know, we might laugh at that. But I was living in Melbourne during COVID and that was the first thing that went, toilet paper. And it is very important, especially if you're going to have athletes competing. They don't want to have chafing or anything like that. So very important. That's a good bit of coconut wireless. What else have you got for us? Uh, yeah, so um, I've got another one here. Um, just recently, our Prime Minister and the Deputy Prime Ministers uh, actually received some honorary, honorary Kung Fu Awards. Uh, so actually, uh, the Prime Minister Sogavari is a master of uh, uh, martial art. They call the Sotokan Karate of Japan, wow. and the Deputy Prime Minister, uh, our Deputy Prime Minister Manasseh Mailanga, Both of them have Manasseh's, you know, first name. So yeah. the Deputy Prime Minister is also Manasseh, but Mailanga is his surname. Is a brown belt in Josin Mon Tai Kyok Queen Fu of Solomon Islands, and there's also a Cabinet Minister who holds a brown belt in Grandmaster's authentic method of Kung Fu. So there were rumors that I I think if, you know, if there was these sports being introduced as part of the Pacific Games, I think we would have won more medals during the Pacific Games. But I guess, yeah, we have politicians who are not only politicians, but also they are martial artists. Martial artists, indeed. Oh, do you think they, they bout 
during staff meetings or if there's any disagreements or they're, they're more professional than that? I think they're more professional, but that, <laughs> will, be so. a, that will be chaos if uh, <laughs> that ends up, you know, just fighting within the parliamentary house and not concentrating on what they're supposed to do inside the parliament house. <laughs> well, I think if it's, you know, if you've got one of the votes that can't go either way, what better way to make a decision? Anyway, no, that's another good uh, little bit of rumour that you've heard on the Coconut Wireless. These are very good. Do you have any more? Or um, Yeah, just... Uh, Probably at the moment when uh, uh, lots of, uh, you know, focus now is on the Pacific Games, uh, there are also rumours around that even the people within the organising committees or within the organising uh, the Pacific Games, uh, you know, having some conflict of interest in just awarding, you know, contracts to to some people within the organising committee. Oh, so that in yeah. itself is creating uh, an uproar in the country, uh, you know, as we ready to, to um, host the games. So much so that you have, you know, some contracts being awarded for catering, for transportation and things like that. And the media is actually doing a good work in trying to dig out those stories and found out that some of these contracts were awarded uh to just some people who know the people within the organizing committee. So mm. that's uh, actually a gossip and rumors that goes on, which might, you know, undermine the games. But I, I guess the preparation towards the games is going very well. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. The, 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 the games are going well, not that there's yeah. possible corruption. Uh, but no, there's lots of uh, information. Thank you both Priestley and Asinate. That was... Coconut Wireless. All right, we've had the fun stuff. Time for a bit more serious stuff. Asinate, what has been happening in sport in Fiji? Well, quite recently, more than uh, 500 athletes and officials um, have been confirmed to represent Fiji at the Pacific Games in the Solomon Islands. Uh, Fiji will compete in 25 sports, and they've um, apparently placed an emphasis on sports that are also Olympic qualifiers, um, such as uh, archery, there's swimming, rugby, sevens, boxing, as well as um, athletics. Um, 53% of the athletes are male, 47% are females. And for a large uh, contingent, um, Team Fiji will be traveling to Honiara in two waves. Um, the first delegation leave on the 14th of November and in the second on the 25th uh, of uh, November, Fiji is hoping to uh, better their performance uh, from uh, the Pacific Games in 2019 in Samoa, where they finished fifth um, with 35 gold, 38 silver and 43 uh, bronze. Uh, and they are certainly looking forward uh, to competing in uh, the Solomon Islands for the Pacific Games. Also um, here in Fiji, um, we have uh, the second um, mini Fiji Airways uh, International Sevens that's currently underway in uh, Lotoka in the west of uh, Fiji. Um, New Zealand have been absolutely dominant. They um, dominated the first round of the mini Sevens um, last week in Suva. Um, you know, we have, we've been very lucky to have, um, you know, the top uh, women's sevens teams from around the world here in Fiji. Of course, uh, New Zealand are the defending Olympics and World Seven Series champs, and um, uh, they beat uh, Fiji, um, Australia and France uh, last week. 
Um, this week, though, um, Amer- USA joins them in the competition as well. So that should spice things up um, this weekend in uh, Lotoka. But uh, all of these teams, of course, are you know preparing for the start of the World Seven Series, um, as well as looking ahead to the um, uh, Olympics um, next year with the sevens competition and. For New Zealand, Australia and Fiji, I believe it's also built up uh, towards the Pacific Games there in the Solomon Islands. There's always so much happening, whether it be internationally or leading into the Pacific Games, but locally, uh, always good to see lots of local, uh, sorry, international teams that are coming in to compete for tournaments in Fiji. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, you know been a real perfect build-up for a lot of these teams before the start of the season. Um, especially with the World 7 Series and with the Pacific Games coming up as well. Um, but I guess the big prize is uh, with the Olympics as well next year. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt uh, a lot of those athletes are going to want to get there, especially for the Rugby 7s. Uh, who did you have a chance to catch up with this week, Asinate? Well, following uh, Fiji's um, historic win against um, Australia um, about two weeks ago, um, I caught up with uh, the uh, Fiji Rugby Union interim uh, chairman, uh, Mr. Peter Maisie, and asked him about um, you know that historic win over Australia. The win was well deserved. It was a um, sensational win, to be honest. And uh, the thing that I've noticed, the biggest change that I've seen was the fitness of the team and the way they work together. It's just amazing to watch. And while a lot of those players are from um, are key players in European teams and are from around the world, it's really great that this year we were able to, uh, Simon was able to put into his team a number of the Drua boys. And that showed how important that move to that uh, Super Rugby franchise has meant for us. Yes, absolutely. And I understand you've been brought in to clean up administrative issues that rocked the FRU quite recently. Um, has the win been a silver lining moment? And how are things now at the FRU? Fiji Rugby has a very strong brand, and that's what we're lucky. You know, we realise that we have to build on that. Now, a win such as what Fiji Fijiana Uh, sorry, the Fiji Flying Fijians are achieving and the games they're playing, yes, that does assist us. Uh, It makes sponsors look up and we rely on sponsors and uh, for the Flying Fijians, we're extremely grateful to the sponsorship from um, Fiji Water and also from World Cup, World Rugby, sorry, has assisted us with that. And, uh, of course, Fiji Airways, one of our major sponsors. And so these wins are helping us to get more funding. Uh, as to what's happening at administration, we're still working on it. There's still a long road to hope. Uh, we have a, quite a bit to do. We now have a, a total new structure at Rugby, which we'll be announcing shortly. And that is really 
making our high-performance unit all-important. So all our national teams will now come under the high-performance unit. Should Fiji progress through to the quarterfinals if they beat Georgia and Portugal um, and then to the semifinals and finals, are there incentives planned for the players and management? Yes, we've always had in place incentives. And um, those incentives are for quarterfinal, semifinal and for finals. Um, we will rely, that's really going to be coming out of government. Are you able to disclose the amount? Um, no, that hasn't been finalised yet. We have put a figure in which was based on the previous amounts um, and that could be up to 30000 at the moment but we'll wait and see what government, how generous government is willing to be with us. <laughs> Fiji has been so popular at the Rugby World Cup. You know, they've been seen as one of the most exciting teams at the Rugby World Cup and um, just seeing Chutawaningolo salute to the crowd in their win against Australia... Um, is now the World Rugby banner that was vo- you know, voted by popular demand. Um, has that sort of translated to increased sales in Fiji rugby merchandise? There's been a lot of marketing that Fiji rugby is not receiving anything from. We're going to have to look more at protecting our brand for the sake of our players. But through our official suppliers, yes, we have seen marked increases. And I went to buy a jersey for myself the other day and couldn't get one in my size, perhaps because I'm too big now. But um, So the vendors have had to order in lots of extra stock, and that proves that it is. But I think when I watched Prince Charles, I'm thinking King Charles, the other day with our team in Bordeaux, and they were singing and... Uh, that is what's something special about Fiji. It's about our team. They involve everybody, and people love them. So, yeah, it's quite emotional, actually. Well, Simiron Randra mentioned it last week, um, but do you think that Fiji has the potential um, to go all the way to the finals of the Rugby World Cup? I've always believed that we can go the whole hog. Um, and um, that's what we've planned for from day one. So, yes, it will be great for the country. Thank you so much, Mr. Maisie, for your time and um, all your wonderful insights. We wish you all the best. Thank you. Asinate, brilliant interview there with Peter Maisie, the interim chairman of uh, Fijian Rugby Union. Do you think the success of the field does take the pressure off the administration? Yes, I I absolutely believe that, you know um, there's you know Fiji Rugby Union has been rocked with um, um, issues of um, governance and um, 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 financial mismanagement, but with a debt of almost three point three million. But mm. I guess the performances of uh, the Fiji team at the Rugby World Cup, you know, translates to a lot more sales. Um, with our merchandise and, you know, just brings in a lot more positive um, reviews for Fiji Rugby and that's what they really need um, at this stage. Oh, you're not wrong. It is exactly what FIU need and uh, a couple more wins in their, in their under their belt and they should hopefully go through to the quarterfinals. Uh, thanks very much for the local Fijian sports report there, Asinate. Uh, Priestley, what has been happening in the Solomons? Thanks, Bobby. So the focus now in the Solomon Islands is uh, geared towards the hosting of the South Pacific Games. 
which is coming up on the 19th to, to the 2nd of uh, December, which is a whole two weeks uh, of games. So the games will showcase the participation of more than 3,000 athletes from 22 Pacific nations in 28 sports and disciplines. Australia is also sending more than 20 athletes to compete in the Pacific Games. Uh, some of the updates that I have from Solomon Islands is uh, the Solomon Islands uh, Bodybuilding Federation is hosting its 2023 championship uh, this weekend. The two days uh, competition runs from tomorrow, 29 to 30 September, at the Solomon Islands National Institute of Sport High Performance Center. The championship is part of the Bodybuilding Federation preparation towards the 17th Pacific Games. A total of 33 bodybuilders are participating where a final squad to represent Solomon Islands in the upcoming Pacific Games will be selected. The uh, Solomon Islands National Institute of Sports uh, Nutrition Department has welcomed the uh, welcome an Australian Catholic University uh, student, uh, dietic student, Ruby Williams. Miss Williams, who will be in the country for the next three weeks, working with the uh, National Institute of Sport, Our team is really excited for the opportunity to work with Solomon Islands athletes and also to get to see how uh, to know and learn from uh, about the country as well. So you have a lot, lot of uh, not only this particular student, but there are also uh, some more students from the Australian Catholic University who, who, use, who are also helping out in terms of preparing uh, Solomon Island athletes at the local institute or, or high performance center as you know geared towards the Pacific Games. Uh, there are some students who help towards, uh, you know, in physio and other um, high-performance uh, preparation towards the game. So we have a few more students from the Austrian Catholic Universities, University who are helping out uh, with uh, preparing the athletes towards the Pacific Games. I guess we're going to have lots of athletes, lots of coaches. We will have media. We're having students that are coming over and learning. Uh, I can see why they're getting so much toilet paper. Yes, so not only sports, but uh, also um, the media as well, as you mentioned. Uh, so we have the Australian uh, uh, International, ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation International Development, who also delivered training to the local uh, national radio, SIBC, the Solomon Broadcasting Corporation, to prepare Uh, all you know the journalists to cover the game. So there's been uh, training that happened in uh, the, uh, just in the last week or so, preparing uh, local journalists from the local last, from national radio, especially in the use of uh, mojo kits or mobile journalism to cover the game. So they are also not preparing the athletes, but also preparing the local journalists to cover the sports, so that you know it's widely. Uh, read and we know what's happening during the games. Definitely, I think one of the uh, one of the co-hosts that we've had uh, prior to you, Priestley from the mm. Solomons, we've had Cynthia Cedar, uh, who is from the Solomon Islands yes. Broadcasting Corporation. She's very excited about uh, working on that and having the sole rights, and also Elizabeth Ossifello as well uh, from Tavuli News in the yes. Solomons. So lots to talk about, lots of media, and it's good to get as much news out as possible from all of those outlets. Absolutely. And I also have one here that uh, not only um, you know the preparing the media as well as preparing the athletes, but I think uh, on the broader scale, um, hosting the Pacific Games also brings some good positive vibes, especially in supporting uh, school infrastructure, uh, which 
you know, will be uh, games, uh, village for the athletes. So we have schools within Honiara itself that have been upgraded um, to house athletes who will be in, in the Solomons uh, for the Pacific Games. So uh, just uh, in the past week, the Australian High Commissioner to Solomon Islands, His Excellency Rod Hilton, together with the Solomon Islands Prime Minister, Manasseh Sogavari, handed over a refurbished facilities to a local school called St. Nicholas Anglican College that will house visiting athletes for the Pacific Games. So the upgraded classrooms with new windows, mosquito screens, fresh paintwork, refreshed ablution blocks, and a new water tank. So this year alone, uh, Australia is investing um, Solomon Island dollars in Solomon Island dollars, 154 million in the education sector as well, including supporting school infrastructure so that more children have access to safe and resilient learning environments. So hosting the Pacific Games also have its spin-offs, especially in upgrading our school facilities uh, in, in Honiara. Yes, wonderful, isn't it? Uh, just all the new infrastructure that is coming into place and just to think of after the Pacific Games, all of the tournaments and tours that you'll be able to host in the Solomon Islands mm-hmm. uh, because of all of that new infrastructure. Absolutely. Uh, just one more uh, update that I have is that uh, we also have our national uh, men and women uh, beach volleyball uh, team who are currently in uh, Gold Coast, Australia. Uh, they actually participated in the uh, Queensland uh, National State Championship uh, tournament over the weekend and in Gold Coast. And the girls team of uh, Hannah Donga and Kirsten Bayamasi won silver uh, against their opponent, opponents who are, I think, well-seasoned university students from USA who also participated in the um, Queensland State Championship uh, in Gold Coast Australia and now currently they're camping and will be preparing to participate in another uh, championship to be held in early October. Uh, so all this uh, preparation towards, uh, as I've said, uh, contributing towards their preparation for the Pacific Games. So Australia is also helping in that regard in you know getting athletes over to Australia, not only beach volleyball. Uh, team, but also other sports as well to come and prepare themselves here before the Pacific Games. So Solomon Islands, I guess, is getting all this uh, um, attention from all over, you know, getting the athletes to prepare. But as, as I've said uh, earlier also, that uh, there are about 90 athletes also being trained in China, participating in, in training and in other sports to prepare them for Pacific Games. So yeah. uh, there's this whole aim of trying to win 40 gold medals yeah. at the start. I don't know if that's happening, but <laughs> as we have heard from uh, Asenati, they are also sending their 500 or so athletes to come and participate. So all all you know, athletes from participating countries are all vying for the medals. Oh, they certainly are. And as you mentioned, 40 gold medals. We've heard that from... Previous co-host here for, from the Solomon Islands, Elizabeth Osipello, said the same thing. Uh, that was what um, your country is hoping to achieve. Mm. The bar is set high, but you got to aim high, I guess. So good luck with getting those 40 gold medals. Uh, now, taking sport across the Pacific, we had the Australian Prime Minister's 13 who took on PNG over the weekend. We had both the men's and the women's teams playing in the men's games. Uh, the Australian Prime Minister's 13 defeated PNG 30-18. And it was great to see PNG with the first try in the men's game and the crowd going absolutely off in Port Moresby. 
comes to the right. Another left foot kick from Kyle Laybutt. Heading to the in goal area. The ball's lost by the Australians. Oh. And dived on by Nene McDonald. It's a try. Nene McDonald's over for PNG. The crowd goes wild. Peter got points to the spot. Try to PNG. I think the whole country is roaring. The women's Prime Minister's 13 defeated PNG 56-4. I did see some footage of these games and it was absolutely packed in Port Moresby. Mm. God, they loved it. So hopefully, you know, just having all of these games in PNG and throughout the Pacific, we get lots of supporters out there. Mm. Everyone loves to see it. So that was great. Um, it was a strong start from the former NRL Titans coach, uh, Justin Holbrook. Uh, it was his first hit out as coach of the PNG Kumuls. Uh, so lots of promising signs there. Mel Meninga, of course, coached the Kangaroos team, which included several players with test and origin experience. Now, the women's game was a bit more one-sided, but still lots of positives for the Orchids coach, uh, Ben Jeffries. Uh, the crowd the crowd went wild in the second half when Latonia Norris scored a sneaky try. I did laugh when I heard the commentator say, that's a bloody trick, I tell ya. It was it was brilliant. The, uh, the women, the Australian team just were caught off guard. They weren't ready and Port Moresby went absolutely off. So uh, it was great to see such a big crowd there for both the men's and the women's games, uh, bringing rugby league to the Pacific. I love seeing both the Australian men's and women's teams as well. Uh, they did some clinics in PNG, uh, running with all the local kids, and that's what you love to see. You know, when you've got these big games and people are coming and watching the games, you want to see these rugby stars giving back to the community, and that's what they did. So uh, I saw some footage of these young PNG kids just smiling and having an absolute ball. And you know what? The thing is, when you do these things, the players have just as much fun. You see them going out to the Pacific Islands, and, and yeah, they love it. They embrace it. So I think it's... It's good for everyone. It's good for the sport. It's good for the kids. Uh, and it's also good for the players to get out in the communities as well. Uh, what else have we got happening at Priestley, the Oceania Futsal Competition? Yes, thanks, uh, Bobby. And uh, the defending champions of the Oceania Futsal, the Solomon Islands, we call them the Kurukuru. Uh, that's the name of a dove in a bed in Solomons. Uh, in New Zealand, now ahead of the Oceania Football Confederation Futsal Nations Cup, the competition will be held at the Pullman Arena in Oakland from October 1 to 7. Uh, the local coach, uh, Damon Shaw, announced the 14-man squad with just two new uh, players who will be joining the team. But most of the Korokoro players are seasoned players or experienced players that have been with the Korokoro for uh, quite a while now. The Solomon Islands Korokoro, as we all know, will be making their 11th appearance in the OFC Futsal Nations Cup with eyes set on a 7th title and a place at the 2004 FIFA Futsal World Cup in Uzbekistan. Solomon Islands Kurukuru, as we know, has represented the OFC in the past four FIFA Futsal World Cup since 2008 when foot, when OFC first entered its representative in the comp- competition. So, uh, they will be trying to defend their uh, title at the Oceania's uh, level and also a place at stake at the FIFA Futsal uh, World Cup. There we have it. Solomon's very strong in the futsal competition uh, globally. Asinate, what's happening in Tahiti? Yeah, well, New Zealand, um, they beat Fiji in the finals of the uh, OFC Under-16 uh, Women Championships. Um, 
uh, in Tahiti last night. 1-0. Uh, New Zealand's Katie Pugh uh, broke Fiji hearts uh, when she scored in the 94th minute uh, to seal the win for New Zealand. It's also their fifth title. They also won in 2010, 2012, 2016 and 2018. Um, Laura Bennett of New Zealand also top scored at the tournament with 10 goals. Uh, Tahiti and uh, Tonga finished uh, third and fourth uh, respectively. And a total of eight countries competed in the competition. Uh, but New Zealand now qualify for the 2024 FIFA Under-17 Women's World Cup in the uh, Dominican Republic. And going over to the Rugby World Cup. There's World Cups everywhere. I love it. Samoa lost to Argentina 19-10. Samoa will play Japan tomorrow. Manu Samoa head coach has made four changes to his side for their Paul D must win match against Japan. So Samoa need to get that win to stay in the running uh, to the quarterfinals. Now Tonga lost to Scotland 45-17. It was a tough game, but still Tonga aren't having a very good run here. Oh, I get this. Via Fafita received a four-match suspension following his red card in his side's defeat to Scotland. So uh, he was originally shown a yellow card, but after review, it was upgraded to a red card. So this means uh, it's the end of the World Cup for Fafita. Tonga still has two more games left. They'll be playing South Africa and Romania. But as I mentioned, unfortunately, it's, uh, it hasn't been the greatest World Cup for Tonga. On the other end of the spectrum, of course, we've got Fiji, who will play Georgia on Sunday. Uh, we mentioned it as well. Fiji haven't played a game since they stunned the world and defeated the Wallabies 22-15. Uh, Fiji is definitely the most promising Pacific Island nation that we have at the moment in the Rugby World Cup, but they will need to ensure that they win their last two games against Georgia, who are ranked 14th, and Portugal, who are ranked 16th. They should get those wins, but just when you kind of let your guard down, that's when someone else can get the win on there. So uh, it's not set in concrete yet, but hopefully uh, Fiji can get another couple of wins and then make it through to the quarterfinals. Uh, Priestley, we've spoken about the Pacific Games, but we've got some Aussies in there as well. Yes, yeah, so I think uh, Australia and New Zealand is uh, also participating in the Pacific Games. So we have about 28 Australians who will be participating in the Pacific Games in Honiara. So out of the 28, we have you know, 20 track and field athletes and eight judokas have been selected by the Australian Olympic Committee to represent Australia at the Solomon Islands 2023 Pacific Games in November. From Tokyo Olympics to, to athletes at their first international multi-sport event, the 28 athletes announced on 14 September make up more than a third of the expected 80-strong Australian team for the Solomons. It will be the first time Australia have competed in judo at the Pacific Games, the 20 track and field athletes feature 10 women and 10 men with a wealth of international experience, including Tokyo Olympic runner Ellie Beer and World Athletics Under-20 Championship medalist Kala Blow. The Pacific Games, as we've said, will see more than 5,000 athletes and officials from 24 nations compete across 24 sports in Solomon Islands, capital Honiara, from 19 November to the 2nd of December. Lots happening as well there. And Asinate, we've got some more things happening in PNG. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Australia seems to be the talk of uh, at the moment, uh, but they've named a really strong lineup in both their men's and women's team uh, to defend their title at the FIBA Under-17 Oceania Basketball Championships. Um, they'll be held in the PNG uh, from the 2nd to the 7th. Uh, that starts next week. Um, the women's team have eight Basketball Australia Center of Excellence um, athletes. And uh, the men's side um, have uh, their 2022 Under-17 World Cup um, representative, um, who's also a 195-centimeter guard, uh, <laughs> Jacob uh, Furphy, and uh, also a center of... N- Excellence athlete uh, Nash Walker. These two will spearhead uh, the men's uh, team. Apart from Australia, uh, New Zealand, PNG and Samoa will also compete in the men's and women's category. Uh, Guam will only compete in the uh, men's competition. This is also a first step in the qualification process to the 2025 Under-19 World Cup. Uh, with the top two finishers from this tournament, will also qualify for the 2024 FIBA Under-18 Asia Championship. What does it mean having teams like Australia competing in these uh, competitions against Pacific Island nations? Does it help or hinder the Pacific Island nations, do you think? I believe it helps um, mm. Pacific Island teams. Um, if any, if anything, you know, the teams really need to play against um, top level competition, and um, to have Australia um, there with a lot of um, athletes from the Centre of Excellence, that will, you know, just surely um, take the, the competition to another level. Um, you know, we, we'll expect the the skills and the know how from this Australian side, and you know, that should just rub off on the um, Pacific teams and really help them um, with, as far as the competition is concerned and trying to gauge themselves against uh, a top uh, quality uh, team like the Australian men's and women's team. I agree 100% with you there, Asinate. It can be challenging for some of our Pacific Island nations competing against teams like Australia, uh, but it, it definitely will help them improve and kind of see where they need to be to get to that next level. So that's fantastic. Thanks, Asinate. Uh, the NRL and NRLW Grand Finals are happening this weekend. Oh, look, the games are being played in Sydney. It's forecast to be 35 degrees. If it hits that high, it will be the hottest NRL Grand Final in history. Uh, in the NRLW, we've got the Knights who are taking on the Titans. They'll be kicking off at 3.55 p.m., Sunday PNG time. Uh, some brilliant pieces of play last week to get into the grand final. Let's take a listen to Destiny Minol Sinapati, her try for the Titans. She's only three metres shy. This is second last play, Gold Coast. All the way back to Lauren Brown. To the corner they come. Polite with a cutout ball to the winger, and Minol Sinapati dives in to score. It's Minol Sinapati title to Gold Coast as well because. They'll be off to face Newcastle in next week's National Rugby League Women's Grand Final. Oh, what a try and what a game. The Gold Coast are the underdogs for that game, so that'll be interesting to see how they go in the Grand Final. They will be the game before, of course, uh, the NRL Grand Final. Sorry, with the NRLW, both sides are unchanged coming into the Grand Final this Sunday as well. Now for the NRL, the Brisbane Broncos taking on the Penrith Panthers. That's happening Sunday, 6.30pm PNG time. Uh, The Panthers are chasing their third straight premiership 
Oh, I tell you, to get into the grand final, though, uh, the grand final, Brian To'o, three tries for the Panthers. 11 out centre field. Now Kenny goes right to clear. He plays out the back to the Edwards to Brian Toll. And he dives over to score the first try. It only took three and a half minutes. And already it's a oh, to old time. Nine metres out from the Melbourne line. Penrith six, Melbourne four. 20 minutes, 30 gone. Penrith attack. Fisher Harris goes right to Cleary. Then away to Dylan Edwards. Links up with Tango to Toll. And a old to old it again. In the Norris corner, nearly slid as he stepped, gets back in field to put it down and score. Now set of field right, Oseo takes on the defence, busts him. Now he's going to be dragged out finally by Grant and Garlic, only 12 out from the Melbourne line. What a run by Yo. Kenny goes right to Cleary. Cleary out the back, Tango! A brilliant pass to Brian Toll. And oh, Toll has three. Oh, oh, To'o has three. I just love hearing the commentators getting into that. Brian To'o absolutely dominating for the Panthers. And will he do it again on Sunday? Oh, the Brisbane Broncos hope not. Uh, as I said, the uh, Penrith Panthers will be chasing their third straight premiership. If they win, they will be the first side to do so in 40 years. So uh, the Broncos are aiming to clinch their first title since 2006. So that is happening this Sunday. Of course, last night, we had the Dally M Awards and the Dally M Women's Award winner was Tamika Upton. And of course, with the men, the Dally M Award went to Kaylin Ponga. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2023 NRL Dally M Player of the Year, Kaylin Ponga from the Newcastle Knights. Um, it's a pretty crazy feeling standing up here in front of so much talent. Um, there's so much talent in this league and to be standing in front of you I feel honoured, uh, humbled and very very lucky. Um, have a lot of people to thank, my family, uh, the coaching staff and my teammates. 100% without you guys um, this isn't possible and the way I felt, um, the way I played this year isn't possible without your support, love and belief in, in me. Um, had an early season holiday um, and while I was over there I decided I wanted to stop letting people down and start making people proud and I think I come back and did that and um, yeah, what a, what a year. Uh, to the boys that are playing this weekend, I'm envious of you um, and all the best. Thank you everyone. Thanks to NRL.com for that audio there as well. Uh, they named not only the Dally M Award winners, but they also named the Team of the Year. And for the NRL team, we had six out of 13 players who are of Pacifica Heritage. And in the NRLW Team of the Year, we had three out of 13, including, uh, of course, Simaima Talfar from the Canberra Raiders as Captain of the Year. So brilliant stuff there from our Pacifica players playing in the NRL and the NRLW. Absolutely dominating there. Oh, well, there we have it. That is all the sport that's happening across the Pacific. Thank you, Asinate and Priestley. I love hearing about all the sports that are happening uh, in the Pacific and also uh, Australia and around the world. Well, you've been listening to my co-host and I for a while. It's time to have a bit of fun, find out who can lie the best. We're going to be playing uh, a little fun game in this next segment. Yaman Stapwe. 
Gaumann Stuff, where is talk pissing for Pick the Lie. So each week I ask my co-host to tell me three things about themselves. Two things will be the truth. One will be a lie. The other two co-hosts have to find out what the lie is. So I, I tell you, I've been very surprised at how brilliant some of my co-hosts have been at lying. Uh, Asinate in Fiji, we're going to start with you. Tell me three things about yourself. Uh, it can be a fact or a story. Off you go. I have two cats and two dogs. Um, I've worked in both radio and television. And I saw the Halley's Comet, um, you know, which is visible from Earth every 75 to 79 years um, while I was still in primary school. Oh, good one. Okay, so your first one is you've got two cats and dogs. Uh, the next one, you've worked in radio and TV. And then the third thing is you've seen Halley's Comet when you were still in primary school. It happens every 75 years. Um, I will ask you... Priestley, uh, what do you think the lie is? Two cats and dogs worked in TV and radio or seen Haley's Comet? I think um, Asinate lied with the, you know, seeing the comets. You don't think she said? Uh, I don't think uh, she said the truth in that, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm just guessing. That's the game. So that's your guess? You're going to lock yeah. that in? Yeah. Haley's Comet? I mean, that does seem like the obvious one, doesn't it? Although... Two cats, two dogs. I've got one dog. Two dogs would be crazy. That's a bit of a crazy household. I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to say your lie is you don't have two cats and two dogs. Asinate, what is the lie? <laughs> You're right, Bobby. <laughs> I don't have two cats. I have two cats but one dog. <laughs> you beat me, Asinate. <laughs> oh, so, Asinate. <laughs> You saw Haley's Comet when you were younger. Yes, in 1986. We oh. all ran out outside. We were told that we, we should look up to the sky and we'll, we'll see the Haley's Comet, and we did. Oh. I was still in Class 5, I think that was in 1986. <laughs> How was it? That, what, what was it like? It's like it's it's a comet. It's like it's a you know shape of a comet. Like it's got a tail. Like yeah. but I mean we were told that it, it's only seen seventy every it comes around every seventy five or seventy nine years. So they told us in our lifetime this would be the only chance for us to see it, and we actually got to see it. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> I love those uh, three little bits there. Thank you for that, Asinate. Um, Priestley, we will go with you now. Three things about yourself. I'm looking at you. I have said I am sitting in the studio with you, so uh, I might be able to pick your face. You're smiling. You haven't stopped smiling. If you stop smiling, maybe it's a lie. All right, off you go. Okay, so um, first thing about me is mm -hmm. I'm from Solomon Islands. I study at the University of Adelaide in Australia, and I've got dreadlocks. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> oh, that is very good sitting across from you here. Um, all right, Asinate. Uh, so he's from the Solomon Islands uh, is the first thing. He studies at university in Adelaide, and he has <laughs> dreadlocks. Asinate, see if you can pick the lie for us. <laughs> From your reaction, Tristly, I'll go with the last one, <laughs> dreadlocks. I thought I would beat you, Asinate, because you're not uh, physically here with us. 
Bobby's last gave it away. Yeah, yeah. Bobby gave it away. Gave my lie away. Okay, I'm going to lock in that one as well, Asinate. I, I, um, I need to put my sunnies on because the <laughs> shininess of uh, Priestley's head yeah. is, uh, is blocking. <laughs> so both of you are correct. I used to have dreadlocks, but then now I'm without hairs now. Thank you. Did, did you really oh, used to have dreadlocks? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to have when I was in Fiji. I was studying back then. Okay, I apologise for laughing. I, I, I'm trying to picture you with head, uh, with headlocks. So with I guess headlocks. that was a w- wistful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. All right, now it's my turn. See if you can pick this one. Now, I have appeared in a few TV shows or a TV commercial um, as an extra. So I'm not sure if you know what an extra is, but that's just someone that's in the background. I'm not the main character. No one even noticed me. But I have been in a couple of things. So two of these are true and one is a lie. See if you can, Guillaume, and stop where. Uh, first one. I appeared in two seasons of Foxtel's award-winning drama, Wentworth, as a prison inmate. Next one is, I appeared in one episode of Australia's longest-running TV drama, Neighbours, as a police officer. And then my third one, I appeared in a TV commercial for Lifeblood Australia talking about donating blood. Okay, so my first is I was a prisoner in a TV show. Next one, I was a police officer in Neighbours. The last one was on a TV commercial about donating blood. Asinate, I'm going to go with you first. Which one is the lie? I think the police officer and neighbours. Okay, all right. Yep. Um, Priestley, how about you? Do you think I was in two seasons of Wentworth as a prison inmate or I was a police officer in Neighbours or on a TV commercial about blood donation? What is the lie? Mm, That's difficult to... No, but I think I'll go with the um, first one. Okay. I appeared in two seasons of Foxtel's award-winning drama, Wentworth, as a prison inmate. I did. I was on nice. it. I was on that TV show. It was my favourite TV show. And okay. I was I was starstruck by everyone I was around. And they had to keep telling me just to stop smiling because you're in prison. But I was so excited. Um, I have been on a TV commercial for mm. donating blood. So, Asinate, yes. you've got it right. Yay. I have not been a police Woo-hoo. officer. <laughs> well done. You've got two from two, Asinate. Um, yeah. How did you go, Priestley? I think you, I got zero. You got zero. Yes. Yes, you did. Uh, and I got one. Well, that was a bit of fun. It always is. Thank you for bringing the fun and also all of the sports news. Uh, That does bring us to the end of this show for this week. Uh, A big thank you to my co-host, Asinate Waninkolo, producer and presenter at Fiji TV. Thank you, Asinate. Thank you. And founding editor of the Island Sun newspaper in the Solomons, Priestley Habru. Thank you, Priestley. Thank you, Bobby, for having me. Thanks for listening to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back again next week. I'll have two new co-hosts from across the Pacific talking all things sport in our region. This episode was produced on the lands of the Ghana people and the Gadigal people. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.